I would say above everything, if you can get someone in person, like yeah. figure out how to get them in person. I have a 90 minute rule for my team now, where if you live within a 90 minute drive from any of your customers or prospects, like you've got to figure out how to meet with them in person. So I'm very big on the 90 minute rule. But something I think is really big too, is you have to give to get in any relationship, you have to give to get. So you can't just expect a customer or a prospect to come to you and tell you everything they need. And yes, I'd like to buy from you. Um, whatever you're selling, I want it no. People buy from people. So building a relationship just isn't about figuring out what are their business needs. I, I think that's so huge. Like business outcome selling is incredible, but you also have to sell to the person and really and truly care about that person. Welcome to another episode of the Elite Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Vignone. And I'm Griffin Riley. And today we're joined by Rachel Nussbaum. Rachel is the Vice President of North America Mid-Market Sales at Sumo Logic. Before joining Sumo Logic, Rachel has held multiple leadership positions at Cisco. Today we're going to be talking about how to build impactful relationships internally and externally. Let's jump in. All right, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. Rachel, you and I met a long time ago when we first started our, our careers at Cisco. So I've seen you risen up the ranks in sales and now you're leading a, a large team at Sumo. So we're really excited to have the conversation today. So as a way of getting started, Rachel, do you mind kicking us off, sharing the topic that we're gonna talk about and why it's so important to your career and to sales? Definitely. So today we're talking about relationship building, which is, in my mind, the most exciting part of being in sales is building relationships with our customers, but also building relationships internally. So I think this topic can really help people, not just from a sales perspective, but also help people from a career building and branding perspective. So I think building relationships on both sides of that is super important in your journey, especially on a sales team. Absolutely. Um as a way of, of kicking this off here, like when did you start to realize that building relationships is kind of a, a superpower within sales and within career? When did you identify? Yeah, I think I learned that first uh, personally from a career growth standpoint. I think I learned that even before I learned that with customers, I learned it internally is you really have to figure out how to network and build your brand and continue to uh, build relationships with people in order to take that next step in your career, whether it's a lateral move, whether you are trying to get into a leadership role. And I, I realized early on that if you sit back and do great work, people recognize that, but you almost have to be able to share the things that you're trying to do. And I think the same goes with our customers and it being an elite seller with our customers is being able to build those relationships and share with them what you would like to do to help them, that kind of give to get mentality. Um, so when it comes to that uh, customer relationship and building relationships in that sense of the matter, I really started to realize that when I became an enterprise seller at a previous tech company I was at, um, when I was an individual contributor there, I realized that the more you spend time with your customers, the more you spend time with your prospects, and you get to know them, not just on a business level, but on a personal level, it really opens up opportunities. And it really allows them to trust you and kind of be able to tell you more of what they need so you can help them. Yeah, that's great. So, so Rachel, was there, when you were an individual contributor at that company, was there sort of an aha light bulb moment where you got someone either in person or you made a 
you know, kind of a connection outside of the sales process that that kind of opened up your eyes to the importance of relationship building. Like, wow, if I can continue this with my other customers and prospects, this is something that can really make a difference. Or was it more of a, a gradual realization just over time? Yeah, I think it was both. But I think one thing that really stood out to me is prior to taking on that role, I had worked out of my company's office. I mean, you get a job and you think, hey, I'm going to go to work every day and work out of my company's office. And now people are very remote. So you're thinking every day I'm going to sit in the office at home and work. And what I found was so helpful is I actually worked on site at my customer's offices. And you will find that if you ask, usually they love to have you there. If they can have a resource there that's there to help them and work out of their office day in and day out, they love that. And I think that's where I started to build some really strong relationships with my customers in that role. And um, through time, I think you start to realize it is you can't just build a relationship in a day. You can't go work at your customer for one day and expect that they're going to tell you everything they need and they're going to share everything with you. But when you're there on a week after week basis and you're getting to know them and you're taking them to lunch and you're having coffee in the coffee uh, room with them, you start to to open up to them and they start to open up to you as well. So I think that was sort of an aha moment for me. And then it's something else that I realized in that same role and, and I'll kind of stick with one customer right now is I had built a relationship with someone who was a security director there. And actually it's funny, I just asked him yesterday for his address to send him Christmas cards. We're, we're still on a texting basis, but he was a director of security and we built a relationship, we built trust. And he ended up becoming the CISO of the company while I covered the account and he still is the CISO of the company. And I've kept that relationship throughout companies. So um, again, I, I think it's just getting in front of people and and starting to build trust in that way. It's sort of like a marriage. You don't just marry someone after the first date. I mean, I guess there are shows out there now where people do get married at first sight, but most people um, get to know someone and they, and they through time start to open up and share things. And then you feel that strong sense of security and that strong sense of trust that you can then move forward with. So I think that's super important. That's a great example. That's actually how I met my wife on a dating show. No, Wait, did you really? Oh, no. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you almost have me. That would be you. awesome. Hey, some of those work out. That's great. I'd always tell my husband that I was in love with him at first sight. It took him a year to realize, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. We met on Instagram. It was love at first sight. Um, <laughs> yeah. here. Um, all right. Can you share with us how somebody, since you lead a large team now, how have you seen people, you can either use this as a career example or a specific deal example like you just did for yourself, but somebody on your team, how have you seen uh, them build relationships really, really well and how has that paid off? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I'm going to talk about someone on my team now. His name is Jimmy. Uh, he works for one of the RDs on my team. Uh, he's an AE that came in newer this year. Uh, he works some of our Velocity accounts and he lives in the Northern Jersey area. And I live in Florida, but the amount of times that I have felt like I've been able to build a relationship with him uh, is more than anybody else I can think about on the team. And the reason is, is when we have an event, he makes it a priority to get there. So we had our investor day in New York City and without anybody asking him, he's like, hey, Rachel, I'm on PTO, but I'm driving into the city and I'm meeting everyone. Um, I came there for a customer meeting with a, someone else's customer. And he immediately was like, hey, I'm coming into the city. I'm hooking you up with this partner. We're going to meet for happy hour. He took it upon himself to plan these things just so proactively without kind of sitting back. And that's what I think really makes him stand out, not just 
with me internally from a career perspective, but it also makes him stand out to his customers. He just gets himself out there and he's so proactive in doing it. Yeah. I, just to build on that real quick, Griff, I think um, what I've seen well is people tend to build relationships only when there's a deal available or like a job promotion available. But I think what Jimmy is doing and what you've done is you're building relationships even when there's nothing in sight. So do you agree with that? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's so big. It's funny you say that because I think about this all the time, especially in the role I am in now. I have a lot of people from my past that'll reach out about career advice or to get mentorship. And a lot of times uh, it's a one-time meeting and they say they'll follow up or I'll say, hey, I'm open to meeting you monthly, quarterly, whatever I can do to help you. And they get super excited. But I would say about 99% of those people after one meeting kind of get scared to reach back out and it kind of just disappears. And there's always that 1% of people that hear, hey, follow up, let's connect again in a few months. And they follow up. They're the ones who take the initiative. And those are the kind of people that people remember. So I definitely agree with that. So Rachel, to that point, right, of reaching back out to to get in person or just continue to make deposits into that relationship. Love the example of Jimmy building those internal relationships, those internal, uh, you know, partnerships and champions. Shout out, out, Jimmy. Uh, do you have any examples of someone on your team or in your in in your own experience of being persistent, following up with those with those clients or prospects? And like, what sort of tactics are you using to either get in person or just make deposits to continue to make the, you know con- uh, to build that relationship? Yeah, and I think it's a lot harder in the times we're in now. I think you know we were talking about this before we got on air is. It's really hard now because a lot of people are so used to working from home that it's hard to even get our prospects or our customers out with us now because they're used to working from home. So I think that persistence piece is so key. And I tell my team now is being in person now in this year is so much more impactful than it was prior to COVID. And that's because prior to COVID and the pandemic, I should say not prior to COVID, we still have COVID, but prior to the pandemic when we were in lockdown is everybody was out in person. And then it did this massive switch to everybody being virtual. And now I feel like people have almost gotten so comfortable being virtual and almost have a little bit of social anxiety to go out and to meet that conversation face to face, that it's so much harder. So persistence is key. Um, I've seen a lot of reps, especially because a lot of my team is covering pursuit. So it's much hunters, like our team is finding prospects and they're hunting and there's been some reps who've been really good at staying persistent in not just reaching out over email or over over the phone, but like continuing to try to find new ways to reach out to prospects, whether that be LinkedIn, whether that be getting creative. Uh, I know we used to use a tool and by past somebody called One Mom, who uh, shout out to One Mom. It's, it's great in a virtual world. You can send an email over video. But um, I, I think that's the big thing now is if you can figure out a creative way to get your customer or prospect to meet in person then you can build a better relationship. So I'll give you an example. We just uh, got back from AWS reInvent. My company was there. Um, Such an incredible event. A lot of people go to those events now, especially now that things are starting to open back up, is if you can catch a customer or a prospect at one of those events, have a meeting with them there, build the relationship there, 
then they're more open to meeting outside of those events. So I'm thinking that's a little bit of a creative way that people can start thinking about this now is like, think about the trade shows that are out there. Think about the important events your customers are going to in their businesses, meet them there, build the relationship and then continue that relationship. And I cannot stress that enough is you have to continue those relationships because if you let three months pass by, you might lose that opportunity. Rachel, that's a great point. You're, you're really striking a chord here, though. Frankie and I were planning on going to reInvent, and he bailed on me. He bailed on me this yeah. year. We were supposed to go. He's my wingman. We, you know. Oh, my gosh. You guys should have went. We host <laughs> the most amazing event, and I won't go off on a tangent about this, but Sumo Logic has an event called Sumo Slam Jam, and I'm sure you've seen videos and pictures, but we fly in world-class sumo wrestlers from Japan. Oh my gosh, it is, I did It's an amazing sumo wrestling match at the Omnia nightclub, and it is it was just absolutely incredible. It was so fun. Griff, start That's eating lovely. protein. I'll next year, next year, me and Frankie. That is there. I love it. Let's we'll be the we'll be the exhibition. We'll be the we'll be the warm up <laughs> warm up uh, match. I yeah. love it. I love it. You guys will definitely be invited next year. That sounds amazing. Um, so Rachel, as a senior, as a senior leader within your company, you probably get reached out to all the time to get on a call to meet in person. And you're not, tell me if I'm wrong, you're not just going to take a coffee to take a coffee because you you want to be nice to people. You've got a job to do. So what are some ways that people are reaching out to you if they've never met you before? Maybe you've never heard of their company. Like what's cutting through the noise to not just take a meeting, but actually to get in person and sit down? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is if I see, I mean, we all know the emails that come through that are are not actually a person writing out the email. It's more of a salesy email. And I will say, I rarely open those. But if somebody sends me an email that says, I talked to someone on your team, and we talked about this, and I know they've already put in the the sweat equity to talking to my team, then it, it's something that I'm more likely to meet with someone about. Uh, I also feel like there's once in a blue moon that I'll answer a number on my cell phone that I don't know. Usually I'm like, ah, I'm not going to answer. I'll wait till they leave a voicemail, um, which by the way, I would recommend leaving a voicemail. It's funny because I feel like people don't leave voicemails when they do sales calls. But if you don't leave a voicemail, it's almost obvious that it's a sales call. If you leave a voicemail, someone's going to listen to the first couple seconds. So if yeah. you have something meaningful to say in those first couple seconds, then that can sometimes catch my attention. And then I think finding a way to connect with someone. So like I went to West Virginia University. If somebody reaches out to me and they're like, hey, I was an AOPI at West Virginia University. Can you talk to me about this, this, and this? I'm more likely to speak to them about it because that resonates with me. Or if someone's like, hey, I'm a mom of two boys as well, or something that that you can find in common, I think is a really good kind of initial introductory point to have somebody want to listen and to speak to you. That's great. So it, it Frankie sounds- never returns my voicemail, so I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> We're on a text base for if we- You're we, right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, Rachel. So- I, wait, I had a quick question real quick. Okay. Um, okay. I'm talking over you now. Hey, so <laughs> on cold calls, that's interesting because some people are really against them, but do you? how many cold calls do you get a week as a senior leader? Um, I get a lot. I get a lot of cold calls. And you know, it, it's odd now because some automatically go to like a spam voicemail folder, which I didn't even know was a thing. And the other day I was looking through my deleted uh, voicemails and there was some folder. You guys don't have to look, but you can see now there's a spam folder. But I would say I get a ton of, a ton of sales calls and randomly I will pick one up thinking it's my son's daycare or the doctor or something. 
And I am one of those people that I can't just be like, no, thank you and hang up. I have to listen to what someone has to say. And it's almost fun sometimes to answer a random one. I don't know if everyone is like this, but sometimes I like to answer a random one to see like if the SDR that's calling me, what worked, what didn't work. So I can go back and tell uh, Denny Fulkerson, who leads our SDR team, like, hey, this is something good that your team could be using or maybe not. Um, Sometimes I almost want to say like, hey, so, you know, next time, maybe lead with this, not this. Uh, just because, I, I mean, I, I grew up in that area. I mean, I started out as an SDR at a small software as a service company. Like, that's how I started out. So I am very much of like, hey, if someone's got grit and they're being persistent, eventually I'm going to answer them. You're one of the good ones, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel the same way. I'm a total, I don't know about you, both of you, but I'm a total sucker for the door-to-door you know, salesmen, like I have to hear them out and I'll give them the time of day and, you know, let them do their pitch. Cause I, I did that over summer and it was, it was brutal. So I, you know, I, I feel for them. And Griffin, uh, that's such a good point because like, I'm probably not as much of a sucker for a door to door salesman because I never did that. So I probably just wouldn't answer the door, but I think you just made such a good point is all of us in business have started out somewhere doing something. And if, if you can find that connection with someone that maybe started out that way and you reach out to them in the way that they started out, they're more open to hearing and listening because they've gone through that. So maybe if you're looking at certain prospects in a sales capacity that you're trying to reach out to, look at their background. Like if you can figure out where they started and what they were doing, maybe reaching out to them in that way, connecting in that way is a really good way to start. 100%. And and these are all incredible ways to kind of get your foot in the door. And there's there's a lot of creative, uh, creative options to getting your foot in the door. But I think when, it, when we talk about relationship building, I think it implies a little bit of all right, the, the initial contact is made, maybe there's, uh, maybe even this is a customer that uh, that you're looking to build the relationship with. I mean, we would love to understand from your perspective, when your time as an enterprise seller, you're leading a team now, what are some of the best ways that you're seeing reps that you're working with now or in your experience? Like, how are they building those relationships with their prospects and clients? Are they making it really personal and connecting with them more like uh, through a text basis about something that's non-work related? Are they doing their best to show up to in-person, you know, coffee around the corner? Like, I'm just, I guess we're, we're trying to understand or what are some specifics that we can recommend to our listeners that have worked for you in the past or maybe um, some stuff that hasn't worked. Definitely. I would say above everything, if you can get someone in person, like yeah. figure out how to get them in person. I have a 90 minute rule for my team now, where if you live within a 90 minute drive from any of your customers or prospects, like you've got to figure out how to meet with them in person. So I'm very big on the 90 minute role. But something I think is really big too, is you have to give to get in any relationship, you have to give to get. So you can't just expect a customer or a prospect to come to you and tell you everything they need. And yes, I'd like to buy from you. Um, Whatever you're selling, I want it. No, people buy from people. So building a relationship just isn't about figuring out what are their business needs. I, I think that's so huge. Like business outcome selling is incredible, but you also have to sell to the person and really and truly care about that person. So I always went about it and I have a lot of really great team members who go about it. It's not just about the sale. And I think we talked about this earlier. It's not just about one deal. It's about the business and it's about the person. So I always I always talk to people and ask how their family's doing. I get to know their personal life. I, um, I think it's big too, if you can get families together, 
that is huge. I, I mean, when I'll go back to when I was an enterprise seller, I would go out to dinner with the um, the CISO and his wife and their kids, or I would I would invite them to events that my family was going to, and then your kids start to play, your your worlds start to collide, and then you are really able to be like, hey, of of course, like let's make this happen. Like you think about it, Griffin and Frankie, you guys seem like pretty good friends. If one of you goes to work for any company right now that you may have any business need for the other, you're going to buy from each other before you're going to buy from anyone else. And that's because you've established that relationship personally, not from just a business standpoint. So I think that's something that people miss out on a lot of because they're so worried about, hey, this is my job. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the business side of it. That sometimes people need to say like, hey, no, let's take a step back. We're all people. We all go to work every day still wanting to enjoy life and be the people we are. So sharing in personal things, I think it's super important. Yeah, this is a tactical question, but do you use an app to remember people's birthdays and stuff like that? Or are you just a steel trap and you got it all memorized? You know what? One thing I would, I think that I, I have personally been good at is that is where I thrive. Like the people piece. I love people. That's, I mean, there's things that I have to improve on a lot, technical pieces of things and other things, but I tend to remember things about people and, and just naturally connect in that sort of way. Um, my husband's a little bit more tactical, so he does write things down. Like he has his iPad and when he takes notes, he'll write things down, uh, keep things in one note. So for somebody who can't remember things, I would definitely keep a list of, of those things that you can remember. But again, I, I'll go back to if you're building friendships with people, most of the time you're not writing that kind of stuff down. So if you really, truly deep down have that care to get to know someone, it'll come naturally. Because the, the worst thing you want to do is like write down all these things you learned about somebody and then it seems almost robotic. But again, I, I think there's different ways to go about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, you you try and write down your prospect stuff, but you don't write down your friend stuff. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, that's a big thing too. Uh, I mean, I'm very big on holidays. It, the people that you want to stay connected to, sending them a little something, whether it's a Christmas card or just like there's someone from a previous company that sends me tea every year. And I think of them and I'm like, wow, that's so sweet. Every single year they remember to send me tea on Christmas. And I, I think that's huge. And you don't have to spend a lot of money, but it shows people that you're thinking about them and that you care. And it doesn't have to be your company branded tea. It can just be whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes it's better if it's not your company branded. It's just like, hey, I was thinking of you. And, and this is, I want you to show, I want to show you that, you know, you're someone that's special to me, whether it's a business relationship or friendship, whatever it is. So Rachel, I got a question. The I, I have a, a book that I read re, uh, a while ago that really opened my eyes up to the importance of relationship building and like doing it uh, very effectively. I'm curious if you have any books or podcasts or resources that have really opened your eyes to relationship building or you would recommend to listeners that want to improve their ability to build relationships. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really good stuff out there. Um, I think probably How to Win Friends and Influence People is a good book and you're smiling. So maybe that's the book you were talking that was about. It. You nailed um, it. It's a good book for people to go read. Um, I think nothing beats actually practicing. Um, I I have an executive coach, his name is Nathan Jamal, and he is like the most 
incredible person ever. You guys should actually get him on this podcast. But he um, is an author as well. And he has some incredible books. So I would recommend any of his books. But he is somebody that um, kind of always says scrimmage. Like that's his big thing, scrimmage. So even though reading a book about, you know, how to win friends and influence people is great, actually going out and meeting people and being social and finding what works when building relationships in the real world, I think is is super amazing as well. Yeah, well, that's a great shout out. Nathan, if you're listening, we're coming for you. Talking scrimmages. I love it. Awesome. So a couple couple more questions as we wrap up here, Rachel. You just kind of mentioned two things. Um, read the read the books that help you with not just how to build a network, but actually how to win friends and influence people, do it the right way. And then scrimmage. Is there are there any other call to actions that you'd have elite sellers go out and do or anything that they need to be thinking about besides those two steps you just mentioned? Yeah, I think there's so many things elite sellers can be doing. And obviously your podcast is incredible because you guys are sharing all those things that make a super elite seller. But one thing I would say is just have the grit in the urgency. I can't tell you how many times things don't happen because you don't ask. So especially with relationship building, just ask. Ask someone, hey, are you open to go getting coffee? Are you going to this event? Can we meet up there? Don't be afraid about someone saying no, because I mean, I can tell you how many times I asked my husband if we were dating prior to him saying like, would you be my girlfriend? You got to be persistent. You really do in all aspects of life. So um, I would say just that grit, like don't give up. Don't be afraid to ask. I love that. So Rachel, we'll wrap up with that. I mean, you've given us some great insight into some of the characteristics of an elite seller. And so as we wrap and you think about the Nathans of the world, the Jimmys of the world, right? The the elite sellers, the ones going above and beyond. um, How would you describe an elite seller or or what are some of the characteristics of an elite seller? What's made up in, in your mind? Yeah. Um, again, I think there are so many aspects to make this amazing elite seller. And I think in different organizations, maybe it's a little bit different, but I think at the end of the day, somebody with a really good emotional intelligence that that like perseverance, and I'll say again, that grit, that being able to just jump in and make things happen, uh, being proactive, all those sorts of things I think are huge. So, I mean, the grit piece to me, I will hire someone based off grit more than experience any day. I love it. We'll wrap there. I mean, quick plug. I mean, we two of our most recent episodes, we had one guest talk about emotional intelligence and we just had another uh, guest talk about grit. So you're, you're I on promise head. you, I did not know that. So that just goes <laughs> to show how amazing your podcast is. <laughs> In and Devin, if you're listening, shout out. There you go. Awesome. Rachel, this, well, is, this is fantastic. Learned so much. It was great catching up with you. And I have about three pages of notes I'm ready to go take action on. So thank you very much. Yes, it was a pleasure catching up with you as well. Good to see you, Frankie. You're doing amazing things in Griffin. Pleasure to meet you. Awesome, Rachel. Thanks for uh, jumping on. Rachel, thanks again for joining today's episode. Frankie and I appreciate your time. And there are so many great takeaways from this episode around building relationships externally and internally, right? Some of the key takeaways around building those relationships externally. Right. Rachel mentioned it's so important in today's selling environment to get in person, right? Get to your prospects and clients offices if they live within or if they work within 90 minutes of where you live and operate. 
take them to lunch, send them Christmas cards, right? Get creative, anything that you can, but persistence overall is key. As far as internal relationships, if your company is hosting or your team is hosting an in-person event, make it a point to attend all of those, right? Building internal relationships and internal champions is just as important as external. And the way you do that is getting in person. Rachel also mentioned as far as prospecting, right? She is nine times more likely to respond to an email or a prospecting email if they mention, hey, I've met with so-and-so at your company to establish that credibility. So get into whatever level you have to at your prospects company, have those conversations and then target the VP level and the C levels. And then lastly, as far as key resources, the sales professional playbook and the sales leaders playbook by Nathan Jamail are incredible resources. Go check them out. Thanks again, Rachel.